The Author Hangout, episode number 65. Welcome to The Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hey there, Sean Maneher here, welcoming you to another episode of The Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. On today's episode, have you ever wanted to know the three things successful authors would do differently if they were starting all over again? Well, today we are reminded by seven previous guests of the things that they would do to help them sell more books. I really love what all of them are sharing with us today. Let's get right into it. We have Chris Ducker really sharing with us the actionable things that you can do in order to sell more books. Listen here. Okay, first things first, I would get an editor. Uh, I know a lot of self-published authors don't do that, and it screws the content of the book up. You've got to get an outside editor to check. That should be actually probably the biggest expense in self-publishing before you actually start marketing. That's a whole different expense. But in the actual creation of your book, get someone to edit. And and actually, almost probably two editors. So you'll have a de- developmental editor first to help you develop the content of the book further, maybe to cut out crap and put in some really, really good additional content based on this, that, and the other. And then a second editor, maybe an inline editor that will work on things like paraphrasing and grammar, punctuation, that sort of type of thing. I Even though I went the traditional route with Virtual Freedom, I actually hired an editor first to go through my book before I submitted my manuscript to the publisher, knowing full well that they were then going to have their editor go through it as well. But I actually had a, a complimentary type of email back from the editor saying, it's one of the strongest first manuscripts we've ever had from a business book. <laughs> because awesome. I'd already gone through that process. So that's the first thing is to make sure that you get someone to edit your book for you, for sure. The second thing is to invest in a really good graphic designer for your cover design. It amazes me how many self-published books that I see that probably have really, really good content inside them, but a crappy-looking artwork on their cover. Uh, I Mm. cannot stress this enough. People will sometimes buy your book based entirely on how it looks, and that is a fact. That is a fact. I mean, you look at Amazon, you get all these book covers after you search for something. You're Mm -hmm. not going to click on something that looks like a dog's dinner. Right, yep. you're going to need something that's going to pop. So, second second tip is to invest in a good graphic designer for your book cover. And then, thirdly, genuinely, genuinely sit down properly and devise a launch plan. Uh, you know, this is not a you know an email out to your email list and a few tweets that is classed as a launch plan. <laughs> this yeah. thing should be a you know a ninety day plan. 30 days before launch, getting people excited and buzzing about it, and then 60 days post-launch in terms of keeping your foot on the gas with all that and genuinely put a great, great amount of time on putting that launch plan together and then just ride it out, man. Just enjoy it. It's an event, and it should be treated like one. Three powerful things. That editor first. Like, it's going to be an expense but you want to make sure that the product that you are delivering is top notch. Making sure that you have that editor in place is going to be key for you to selling more books. 
And if you don't have a great book on the inside, certainly on the outside and having a great cover is not going to work out for you either. And the final thing here is making sure that you clearly have a devised, genuine, straightforward plan in order to launch your book. This can't be a day before launch. It can't be a free promotion on Amazon and the day before you're submitting it to all these websites to get the distribution that you want. It has to be something that is 30, 60, 90 days, 120 days in order to effectively market and launch your book. If you want results. You must go through and make sure that you're doing the things that those that are getting results are doing. If somebody is getting results by getting on podcasts, then you want to get on podcasts. If somebody's getting results that are doing a video trailer, consider doing a video trailer. If somebody is getting results by doing a blog tour for their book, consider doing that. So yes, go for it. Do a lot of things in order to sell more books. And when you find a system that works for you, then go and do that every time you launch a book. Awesome stuff from Chris Ducker. All right, so now we have Mamika Cooney sharing with us the three things that she would do if she were starting all over again today. The first thing I would consider is that I made the assumption that when I signed with a um, traditional publisher that they would handle all the marketing, thinking, oh, the hardest part for me is just to write it, and once I've written it and you know I've gone over the galley and everything's ready to print and hit send, great, now all the orders are going to come flooding in. Uh, no, don't assume that other people will do the hard work for you. You really have to take ownership of doing your marketing and promotion yourself because, you know, when like uh, um, authors are a dime a dozen, books are a dime a dozen, you have to think of how you want to position yourself. And um, it did help that the books that I wrote were in a very small niche, like baby photography for professionals is a very small niche. There's only a few people mm-hmm. who actually would be, where if you did marketing 101, you know, it's kind of like very broad topic. Um, so really what I would tell myself is before you start writing is to start really listening to what people have to say, listen to their problems. Um, and I'm particularly talking about if you're doing like a, uh, I'm not, not talking about novels or, you know, biographies. It's more about if you're doing like a business book, especially because instead of building something and hoping they will come, you need to build something people want. So, you know, even if it means adding an extra chapter or maybe making something sound a little more simplified because it might seem easy to you but maybe confusing to someone else, is to really start to test the waters before you finish the whole product. Because, you know, just like no matter what what we create in this world, whether it's a book, a course, or a, or a product, there's no point in going through the effort to create it, realizing nobody wants it. So I would really say is to start building my following an email list sooner than I did, um, you know, hoping that I could rely on what the publisher's arm was and getting it out through distributors because it was for me it was very disappointing realizing that they just just didn't sell like i expected (laughs) it to and with that mamika any last final words that you would like to share with the audience of the author hangout about uh, specifically marketing and self-published books sure i definitely would say if the next time you're going to do a book treat your book like a launch like an event even if it means that you hold back for a particular date you start to drive traffic to even a simple landing page and start collecting people's email addresses because you need to start the conversation. People just don't buy randomly anymore. They really need to feel like there's a reason to buy from you, whether it's reviews or whether somebody recommends it or whether they've seen you online, is to really start to build that 
tribe, that community of people who like what it is that you have to offer. Because in the second time you do it, it's going to be much easier. Like marketing my book, the second one was far easier than the first one because I really had mm. built up a following and people knew and I built up the excitement and anticipation that when we did, when it was released and ready for published, uh, you know, publication, people were, were right there because I treated it like an actual event. I, I hosted a Facebook event. I sent out, you know, an, an email invite um, and that really worked really well. I want to just talk about one thing that Mamika said. Listen to what people have to say. Build what they want. Taste the waters before you finish the whole project. The idea here is in that listening to your customer, to the person that is your ideal reader, you begin to hear and really understand not kind of what they're looking for for you to write about and share with and talk about, but the exact things that they want to hear. If you're in fiction, people who are reading your books, they want to feel like they're escaping into the world that you've created and creating that depth, creating those characters that have a lot of meaning and interest to them are going to keep them interested and captured within that book so that they ultimately will just love your writing and love what you have to share with the nonfiction side in building something that they want, that is your consumer, the prospect, just ask them, what critical issues are you having in this subject that I can address? And by writing to that end, you create a better product, you create a better book, and ultimately you create raving fans, which is what any and all of us would love. Great stuff from Mamika Cooney. And now we have Maggie James really sharing, again, a genuine approach to what she would do if she was starting all over again today. Check this out. Oh, definitely. I would have, if with hindsight, I would have established my author platform much more, much more quickly than I did. I did the classic thing that I think many novelists do. I thought, well, writing a novel is the first big thing and then worry about marketing it later. And with hindsight, I see now that that wasn't a good idea because I plunged straight into the writing without really having a clue about plotting, you know, how to edit my work. Anything, mm-hmm. really. I just was so keen to get to the writing, which I think yeah. is understandable. Um, yeah, absolutely. But now I think with hindsight, I would have been much more structured with the marketing side of things. I'd have done a lot more reading up about marketing. I would have established my website. I'd have got going on that kind of thing, been much more polished and professional on that side of things instead of just rambling along and writing a novel and then finding out how to market and sell it. That's the wrong, wrong way around, I think. Mm-hmm. I certainly think I'd have been much more, the second thing is I'd have been much more organized when it came to the actual writing because I just sat down, opened up Microsoft Word and started typing. And these <laughs> days I'm far more organized. I don't use Word anymore. I'm, I plan my novels in a lot more depth and detail. And with hindsight, again, I should have, I should have learned more about how to actually structure a novel and, and the way to go about things, really. Um, as for the third thing, I think I'd have just, I would have liked to be more aware of, of how people react when you tell them they're, that you're a novelist, to be honest. Um, mm. I've, kind of, I've kind of found it a little bit difficult to kind of ease into the role simply because other people's perceptions can be a bit, um, well, a bit wacky at times, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so with hindsight, I think I'd have, 
I'd have liked to have been a little more aware of what it actually means on a day-to-day level to be a novelist. It's, it's wonderful, but I guess I was kind of unprepared for it all, really. Yeah, and then with that, Maggie, you mentioned that your second point was much more organized in the actual writing. You don't use Word anymore. What are some of the tools that you're using in that area? Um, the main tool I've used to replace Word is a piece of software that's dedicated for novelists, well, not just novelists, writers. It's called Scrivener, and it's actually mm. tailored for actually writing long fiction in a way that Microsoft Word just isn't, and it, it is, it does have a reputation for being the best of its kind on the market, and I think that's utterly deserved. It makes writing a novel much, much easier, um, planning it. And it also makes publishing a lot easier because I can take my manuscript and compile it straight into a Kindle format ready to upload to Amazon. So I wish I'd known about Scrivener and used it a lot earlier than I actually did. It does, it does what it says on the tin, as we say in here in the UK. You know, it, it helps writing a novel, makes it really easy. And as you kind of pivoting back to this third area that you focused in, you talk about that you would have loved to know what the day-to-day of being a, a published author or an author or doing this as your career. So what does that look like? What's a typical day or week look like for you? Um, again, I, I try to be as organized as possible. Despite the fact I'm a night owl, I'm a lot more productive in the morning. So mornings are when I do my writing. Either I'm, if I'm actually writing or perhaps I might be doing the plotting or the editing processes, but morning are devoted to pure writing tasks. And in the afternoon, that's when I like to do like the, the other kind of thing, the marketing activities, the social media, that kind of thing. Because by that time of the day, my, pro- my productive and my creative brain seems to have, well, taken a hike, really. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard others authors say the same, that for them, mornings are the better times. Um, I'm sure not all authors are that way, but that's how I work, work it for me. I think before I became a novelist, I kind of, I didn't really see it that way. I kind of thought, I'd, you know, I'd just sit and write all day, and, you know, I certainly can't do that. And there's also the fact that being a novelist, I am actually running a business, um, so I have to be business-orientated, which includes doing marketing, finance, all that kind of stuff. So it's turned out to be a lot more organised and structured than I first envisaged um, before I started. I just kind of thought I would write all day, and of course it isn't like that. It can't be. Such powerful ideas and ones that we've heard before, but coming from Maggie, her experience shares about how important it is to build that platform sooner. If you're writing now, if you're trying to figure things out as to uh, what you should do for marketing while you're writing, take the time to start building your platform, not tomorrow, today. And with that, she also talks about organizing her writing and planning things out and utilizing tools like Scrivener to help you do that better. I think that is a key takeaway for any of us that are wanting to write and write effectively. And finally, wrapping things up of just being aware of what a day in the life of a writer really is and one who is seeing success because as you start to see success with your books, your days are just going to get busier and busier and you just want to have an idea. So, it was nice to hear what her day looks like. Great stuff from Maggie James. 
Next, we have Ryan Hanley, who really shared a load of information about his journey in crowdfunding his book. So if you didn't check out his episode, make sure you do that. But what he shares in the three things that he would do are short, succinct, and to the point, but you want to listen in. Build an audience first. Make really good friends with every podcaster that you can possibly become friends with. (laughs) And I don't know, have a good title or something. I I think having really good friends who are willing to market your book for you and having your audience are the two most important things. And then there's probably a lot of little things that could be three, like, you know, engaging cover, interesting title. The book has to actually be good. But, you know, if you, if you have, if you have lots of friends who are willing to help you market your book in some way, shape or form, and an, a built-in audience, uh, your book will do well. You know, Adam, I can't guarantee it will be an Amazon or New York Times bestseller, but it will do well, and, and you should be proud of that. So, boom, three things. Build your audience first. Really good friends with podcasters, and oh, well, have a great title. Don't miss the importance of these three things. I know that Ryan was brief. We were running short on time at the end there, but I want you to see that building the audience first Having good friends with podcasters, doing this podcasting thing, and having a great title are things that you want to focus on in that audience. He experienced this for five years. He was building his audience first, and in building his audience, he was able to launch and do a crowdfunding campaign that was a record for that platform at that time. And additionally, in being friends with podcasters, that's simply getting distribution, getting the word out about your book and getting on guest shows. And so it's important to consider making those connections with these new media platforms and podcasters and individuals who are trying to get the word out about your book. And obviously having that great title, testing it out, see if it's going to work. Good stuff from Ryan Hanley. Next, we have Rob Kosberg, who shares some very key things about the three things that he would do if he were starting all over again today. So if I'm starting ground floor uh, and I don't have an audience or a list to sell books to, right? So the first thing I have to do is I have to start building a list. I have to start getting a list of people that are interested in my content because as an author, I'm not just going to produce one book. I'm going to probably produce multiple books. Is that fair Mm -hmm. to say? Oh, yeah. So the first thing I have to do is I have to have you know the capability to um, via website and simple automation to offer something to people so that they would want to be a part of my list, build an email list of people. It's not expensive to do that, and there are very simple tools that you can use to do that without giving the book away. You can give a chapter of the book away or or a couple chapters of the book away to to entice people to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give I'll give three things like you're asking, but they all kind yeah. of roll together. Yep. Um, the second thing that I would do is, again, if I don't have a list or an audience, what I have to do is I have to put my book in front of the audience. And so I'm going to do that through a couple of strategies. I'm going to do that through the strategy of social media. Uh, we love social media. Uh, we advertise on Facebook every single day. We we do LinkedIn marketing for my business. Uh, we use Twitter. Uh, fantastic ways, free ways, and you can also do paid advertising to get your book in front of the right audience. Because you don't want to just put your book in front of everybody. 
you want to put your book in front of the right audience. So the second strategy would be I would focus on social media and I would use social media to put my book, no matter what genre it is, in front of the audience that has already proven to be interested in that genre. And then the third thing that I would do is I would, I would use paid and free uh, advertising uh, to, again, put my, my book, not via social media, but via websites and other businesses that have been built that already have lists of hundreds of thousands of interested people mm. in my genre. Yeah. So if I wrote a vampire novel, there are lists of hundreds of thousands of people that consume you know, vampire novels. They love it. And so you can buy a very cheap ad. Uh, you can even do free advertising on many of these websites that offer um, a very, very specific niche. Um, I would, you know, I would work those three strategies until my list got built and, you know, I was no longer reliant upon somebody else's list. But why not? Continue to use their list, grow your list mm -hmm. all at the same time. So those three things will work for every genre, every kind of book, in my opinion. And you mentioned already proven to be interested in that genre in social media. How do you figure that out? Uh, really easy. So, you know, as an example, um, you know, you can use uh, on Facebook, you can go into the search bar and you can put search terms in that will help you to find not just people, but will help you to find people that are interested in certain books that have been written or groups of people that are interested in certain authors. So let's mm -hmm. say that, you know, let's say that you're a, a financial author. Uh, so we'll switch from vampire to financial. Probably, <laughs> probably they're similar, but <laughs> I can, now don't anybody be offended. I can say that I was in the financial services industry. So, so um, let's say that you wrote a financial book, like Tony Robbins came out with Money Master the Game, right? So you could do a search in the, the search bar of Facebook for people that like the book Money Master the Game, and you'll find probably tens of thousands of people interested in that. You can also find people that are interested in Susie Orman, who, of course, is a financial author and a financial mm -hmm. expert. So you can, you know, in essence, search on Facebook and find groups of people and individuals that you can target where their audiences are already people that are audiences of your material. So you mm. just put your stuff right in front of them. Does that make sense? What I like here is that Rob is talking about, again, what we love here at the Author Hangout is the email list and, and really talking about no audience. And yeah, when you don't have an audience, you need to work on building that email list and doing something. And he talked about that capability to offer something and giving something away. It's as simple as a chapter, simple as a full book, a novella, whatever it is, you want to give them something that's going to entice them to get on your email list. We've been preaching about this for now years, and uh, this is something you guys really need to look in doing. And the second thing I thought was very key and the second point that he make is go into areas that are already proven to be interested in your genre. And Facebook is a key way in which to do that and use that search bar, type in a search term, and that will help you to find the people 
that are absolutely interested in the books that you are trying to sell, the genre that you're trying to sell into. And so utilize that Facebook graph, understand it, and take action today. And the final thing about paid and free ads, there are lots of websites, there are blogs that are focused within your genre. Research those, find the ones that you want to participate in, start with free, then if you're gonna go with paid, go little by little, build up to that. Fantastic things from Rob Kosberg, sharing with us of what he would do if he were starting all over again today. And now we have Danny Flood sharing his three things that he would recommend if he were starting all over again today. Here we go. So I kind of understand the game a lot more than uh, when I started out. Uh, when, when I started, I hadn't really thought about how I was going to market the book at all. Um, I just started like, I'm, I'm just going to focus on writing it first because that was a challenge in itself. And then mm -hmm. the marketing kind of came later. So the marketing was kind of like an afterthought. You know, I kind of wanted to rush through uh, setting up the book page, which was a mistake. I think the, the you know, people rush through the book description uh, when that's probably as important as any passage in your book. Uh, as far as selling mm. your book, to, to really you know take take a good deal of time to really perfect the book description. Um, another thing is you know once once you have a platform and if you can do your own, I highly recommend doing your own PR for your book. Uh, try to do a paid promotion for ninety nine cents because if if you can get a certain sales spike within the first week of publishing your book, uh, it's it's a very healthy indicator of long term success for your book. So if, if you can really rise up the page charts early on and, and stay up there, your book is going to sell really well for a long time. And I talked to a, another author, uh, Mark Messick, and he said that um, basically if you get like 300 sales in the first, I don't know if it's 24 or 48 hours, then that's a good indicator of, of how much you're going to make per month. So if mm. you get 300 you know, sales in the beginning, then you're going to make, um, I don't know the exact number, maybe 3,000 per month on that. You can make 3,000 per month on that book, or 500 uh, sales in the first, I think it's 24 hours. Wow. Um, so I haven't actually done, uh, I haven't done a 99 cent promotion. I've, done, I've used buck books, but, but not like this. Um, mm -hmm. I've only done free promotions, which have, have been pretty steady, but I think the best way to do it, if you already have a good reach, is to do the 99 cent promotion. Fantastic. And anything else that you would say, this one other thing that you would share to say how to sell more books if you're starting all over again? Yeah, sure. So um, I design all my covers myself, and I think the cover is really important for a book. Um, a lot of people, you know, they I think they do it wrong. They either pay $1,000 for their cover or they hire someone on Fiverr. And, you know, if, if you really skimp on the cover, you, people can tell. Uh, what I usually do is I use... Uh, Shutterstock, and you can find some really great um, like templates on there, which are kind of pre-made for you that already look amazing for $10 each. Um, some of them are, are Illustrator files, some of them are Photoshop files, but basically you can edit them. Um, so all of my, my covers come from uh, Shutterstock graphics, and then I can customize you know, the, the typography, the font, uh, the title, and any images I can like move them around. And if, if you have any just basic Photoshop skills, you can design your own cover and make it look awesome for, for $10, or you know everybody knows somebody who, who knows uh, Photoshop skills. So, you know, Danny provides some very key and actionable advice in all three of the things that he is recommending, but I wanna focus on what he said first, and that is focus on the marketing first. A lot of times, 
we are rushing as authors to get that book written. And throughout the entire process, we're forgetting about marketing. We're forgetting that there needs to be marketing happening throughout the book being written, even before the book is written. And certainly after it, you're going to be doing a lot of marketing. But make sure that as you're writing your book, get on social media, build your email list, create a funnel so that you can capture readers who are coming to your website so that that book that you're writing today, that book that you're going to be writing in three months, has more opportunity to sell more books because you've taken the time to focus on marketing. Great stuff from Danny Flood. Next, we have Honoré Cordaire sharing with us the three things that she would do differently if she was starting all over again so that she could sell more books. Great stuff from her. Listen in now. I would build a list. So build a, a list of followers by using a MailChimp or an Aweber. And I would start the minute I decided to do anything, right, right write a book, mm -hmm. speak, anything. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would be to um, write more books sooner. Um, and the third thing is to um, make author friends, make writer friends sooner. Mm. Because writing is an isolating mm -hmm. event, right? So I'm writing in isolation. And it wasn't really until I got out and started making writer friends that I felt like I had found my people. Because there's a, a nice balance between, oh, I'm writing, you're writing, oh, that's cool, you're my people, and then meeting people and they say, oh, you're a writer? <laughs> that's really cool, mm -hmm. right? And you recognize it's like, well, that and $4 gets me my drink at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we hear it so many times, time and time again, build a list, write more books sooner, and make author friends. And key in on this last one, make author friends I think it's real important that authors do this, that they don't just write in isolation and take the time to develop these friendships so that you're not alone, not only in the writing process, but in the marketing process. When you need to get a book out the door and you want to rely on a handful of people who who have your back, who are willing to do whatever it takes to help get the word out about your books, well, Author friends would be a great group of people to do that. Great stuff from Honoré Cordaire. So thanks for taking time to listen in to our special replay episode of What Three Things Would You Do to Help You Sell More Books If You're Starting All Over Again. I'm so glad that we do these types of shows because like you, I sometimes forget the little and big things that make a difference in selling more books. Take care, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Author Hangout. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com. Getting reviews for your latest ebook has never been easier. Yeah, you could pay $400 for some review services or try and manage hunting down people to gift your book, track your book, and hopefully get some reviews. Or you could use Reading Deals Review Program at readingdeals.com reviews to simplify the entire process. Our Amazon-compliant, simple, and affordable review program puts your book in the hands of our very hungry readers at Reading Deals. 
honest reviews, affordable reviews, simplified process. Go to readingdeals.com slash reviews for more details.